Hey, with the snow this weekend, um, I came across a couple dad jokes. Will you guys humor me? Um, what does or what do snowmen or snow people, or what do they call their offspring? Children. <laughs> okay, good. Good, good. I just wanted to see how skeptical you guys are going to be this morning. Um, uh, did you hear about the, the snowman that uh, um, was having a hard time, that was really upset? He had a meltdown. Okay, I got Laura. That was good. You can tell your kids that. Okay. Hey, we are, <laughs> we are finishing our theme this year. Uh, the theme is called Come With Me. And, and it was the heart of, from the teaching team, and we believe the Holy Spirit was leading us, is to um, really, really just share the Father's heart to invite all of us to come with him in what he's doing. And so as we entered into the last three weeks before Christmas here, um, I love how DJ said we, we were praying about it and trying to figure out, okay, how do we do a little Christmas series and yet still keep it the Come With Me theme? And so we've decided to do Come With Me to Bethlehem. And so uh, what we're doing is we're taking um, a few characters um, from the Bible that um, responded to the Lord's invitation to come with him in what he's doing in bringing heaven here to earth. And so last week, DJ spoke about Joseph. And if you didn't get to hear that message, I want you to go online, go to our YouTube page, look up Shine Church CEO for Colorado and listen to that because I really believe um, the Holy Spirit gave him just an incredible um, way to present that in regards to Joseph's life and how uh, he just responded to the carry of some pretty crazy stuff with the fact that he found out that his uh, betrothed um, wife-to-be ended up pregnant and it wasn't him. And just an incredible story with that. I'm going to tackle Mary. And I think that we probably should have had Janelle or Lauren do this as they are women and probably understand where she was coming from a little bit more than I do. Uh, but I believe that God has given me some insight. So we're going to jump into the story of Mary. And before I get into it, I want you to know that um, I tried to put this together as kind of a nice, you know, where every point had just the next point would go into the next point and next point. But that's not what's going to happen. I have five little sermonettes for you. And I'm going to prepare you right now. At the end of each little sermonette, I am going to invite you to respond to what the Lord is doing. And so as I speak about the point, if something is resonating in you, I'm going to ask you to be bold enough to lift up your hand and say, hey, yeah, I'm struggling in this particular area. And then I'm going to ask one of us in this room, one of the family members, that maybe feels strong in that particular area to actually pray for those that need the Holy Spirit to touch them in that area. You guys okay with that? If you're new to Shine, uh, sit back and enjoy what God has for you. We pass the microphones. We have some interaction, and so we will be doing that, uh, but we're going to jump in. Real quick, give some context. Mary, how old do you think Mary was when the angel came to her? 14? Yeah, that's what most people think, somewhere between 14 and 16. Here's what I do know, that at 12 and a half years of age, um, a woman was considered eligible 
to be given to a man as a spouse. Twelve and a half. Twelve and a half. And as DJ explained really well last week, the betrothal process was that the man would come in and share his promises to that woman, and then she would decide yes or no, and then he would go to prepare a place for her, and his father's the one who got to determine when that would be. And so it's usually about a year of length. So the earliest, or the youngest, or the oldest, I guess she's, sorry, the youngest she could have been was 13 and a half, if that was the case. Uh, but most people believe somewhere between 14 and 16. She also was probably illiterate in regards to they didn't teach women that time, in that time to read and to write. They taught them the good things about the Lord, but um, studies and those kinds of things were for uh, the men. They had to memorize scripture by the time they were 12. They had to have all these things. But for the women, their, their job at the time was to do the things of the household. And we believe that this is what Mary was doing when she had this encounter. And so as I jump into um, this understanding of these sermonettes, I want you to get a picture of who we're talking about. We're talking about a young teenage girl. In our society, in our minds, we wouldn't even call that person a woman yet, yeah? And all of this responsibility. And I found it very interesting as I was doing my study um, that (laughs) she is not referred to very often in the Word of God. See, I grew up Catholic, and Mary uh, is a huge, huge element of the Catholic belief system. As a matter of fact, I remember with the rosary, you pray one Our Father and ten Hail Marys. Interestingly enough, Mark only references her twice. John only references her twice. Matthew only references Mary five times. Is that interesting? Luke actually references her the most, 12 times, and I believe it's because Luke is actually trying to write about Jesus as man, whereas like John is writing to Jesus, Jesus God. We, we learn Mark is writing about Jesus the servant, right? Luke is trying to help us to understand that Jesus was a man, and every man has a mother. Yeah? Every woman has a mother. Every single person in this room has a mother, and I think that's why Luke paid specific attention to bringing Mary into the picture. Does that make sense? And so I just wanted to give a little context as we jump into these. The first sermonette that I have for you is simply titled, titled Highly Favored. Highly Favored. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. As I was reading through this, um, the words greatly troubled just jumped off the page to me. So I did what I always do, which is I go to Bible Hub, I go to Bible Hub, and I looked up the verse, clicked on the verse, 
clicked on the word. You can hit the little Greek, and I wanted to find out what that meant, greatly troubled. So I clicked on it, and I was actually a little shocked at what I found. Greatly troubled means this, to agitate greatly, to trouble greatly, properly, acutely distressed through and through, greatly disturbed. Agitate greatly, it's the Latin word perturbare, which means, which we get our English word perturbed from. Intensely going back and forth between inner thoughts and emotions. And this word in the Greek is only used for this verse. It's only used in Luke one twenty nine. So I want to pass the microphone around and I want to ask you a question. Why did this greeting that the angel gave to Mary agitate her, trouble her, made her distressed, perturbed her? Why do you think this greeting from the angel gave her that response? And just real quickly, I want to make sure that you understand that a little bit later in chapter 2, we hear about an angel coming to the shepherds, and the shepherds were what? They were afraid. This is not the same word by any stretch of the imagination. The shepherds were afraid. They were scared in terror, that word is. Mary was, again, agitated, greatly troubled, perturbed. Why? Help me out. Just lift up your hand. Why did Mary have such a reaction to this greeting? And please state your name so everybody knows who you are. I'm Karen. Um, well, first of all, she didn't have a husband. She, had, she knew that, that society could be pretty cruel to people like uh, unwed mothers, and that could have really scared her an awfully lot. And then also, why would somebody just come and talk to her like that? I mean, like maybe looking like a ghost or a, a figure that was not a human figure, and she's got a decide am I losing my mind or is is this really somebody from God she has to figure that out right away that's really good so kind of a, a situation definitely out of the norm right and so okay what what's going on this is this is kind of crazy something right up here oh okay. hi my name's Tori um, I think that it's possible because from my understanding, uh, angels are terrifying and uh, they're not like, you know, fun and cute. They're, they're terrifying creatures. Right, and, okay. Um, so that's scary in and of itself, but also like, um, I don't know, if somebody were to come to me and say that, you know, God was in favor of me, like, I don't know. I feel like that would be, I'd have a lot of emotions about that in general just because like, who are you and why are you telling me this? And mm. um, having to, deal with that like before the rest of the you know what he tells her just right that in and of itself is kind of freaky i guess yeah it's kind of freaky okay that's good yep this is katie hi um i think it's yeah like this is a moment before she learns what's going to happen so like to your point that she wasn't afraid she's just like it's almost like when god spoke to moses and was like i have this thing for you to do and moses is like what why me <laughs> Like, she knows if I'm highly favored, like, there's a, maybe an expectation that God wants to use me for something, and maybe she's wrestling, like, 
what could that be? Oh my gosh, this is going to be a weighty, huge thing. So that, that intensely going back and forth between inner thoughts uh, element of that, that word of being greatly troubled. That's really good. Um, somebody else. Anybody else right here? I'm Laura, and yes, to your point, Katie, I think what I was thinking or internalizing as you were sharing that is she was probably at a time in her life, well, and even, I guess it doesn't matter how old you are, like we have an idea of how our lives are going to go and here if an angel is coming and basically telling her, you're highly favored, like Katie said, it's like, ooh, like God's going to ask me to do something and my life is probably going to look a lot different than I'm imagining it will. Okay, that's good. Kind of troubled because of that. Okay, right here. Okay. I appreciate all of the ladies. Where's my guys here? (laughs) Why was Mary perturbed in the middle of this? Greatly agitated. Um, My name's Amy. I think to everyone else's point that that she was told she's highly favored and that the Lord is with her, but in her own mind, I don't think she saw herself that way. She probably saw herself as nobody to be great, nobody great, and didn't probably couldn't understand really what that meant. Just so she was having a hard time because, in her own eyes, she didn't see herself that way. That's really good. Anybody else? Okay, I'm going to jump into that line of thinking because I think that's very much what was taking place here. Um, Revisit this real quick again. Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. What part of that greeting do you think greatly troubled Mary? Let's break it apart. The angel comes and says, greetings. Did that bother her? Do you think the word greetings, greetings, she's like, oh my gosh, this is, this is really irritating, agitating. This is, I'm troubled. I don't think it was that. I also don't think it was the last part where it says, the Lord is with you. She would have been raised in knowing that the Lord was with her. Um, she was a Jewish young lady. She would have understood that God is with the Jewish people. And so when the angel said, the Lord is with you, I don't think that she would have been Um, greatly troubled by that. So it says that she was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. And I would submit this, that as God is speaking to Mary to come with him into what he is doing, she was troubled by what the angel was saying to her about her favor. You are highly favored. You who are highly favored. A couple thoughts about this. I think that statement right there, instead of having her be terrified or afraid of the angel, actually positioned her to thinking about herself, to what you guys have been saying. And she started thinking, who am I? I'm a 13-year-old girl, 14-year-old girl. I just, I don't know how to read. I don't know the things. I just know how to cook, and I know how to do the things that my parents have taught me to do. Who am I that you would call me highly favored? And I would submit to you, church, that that statement that the angel said bothered her greatly. 
And I felt like the Lord wanted me to communicate this to you. God, God considers all his creation favored. Okay, that would have been a good place for an amen. I'll try it again. God considers all his creation favored. So my question to you is this. Do you see yourself this way? Or when I say that, does it trouble you? When I say, church, you are highly favored. When, when I point you out, you're highly favored, you are highly favored, God thinks you're amazing, you are highly favored, you're amazing, he thinks you're awesome, you're highly favored, you're highly favored. As I'm pointing to you, do you're like, yeah, I am. Or are you like, no, you don't know what I've done. You don't know. I, I, I'm not high. There's, there's things in my life. There's no way that God would consider me highly favored. Church, I submit to you that everything God created is absolutely highly favored. And he wants not only Mary to comprehend this and get this, but he wants you and I to learn from this story and understand that when God speaks to us, it is because he highly favors us and he has nothing but blessings for us. Point number one in this little sermonette is you are highly favored. You know, I think sometimes we look at Mary and go, well, Mary, yeah, I mean, she's, she's the mother of Jesus. The Holy Spirit came and put that baby inside of her, and that's amazing. And yes, that is all true, and she's a, got a supernatural touch from the Lord, but guess what? Each one of us in this room are highly favored, and we have a purpose and a plan that God created us for. It's probably not to have Jesus in your womb, ladies, and definitely not for us guys, but here's, what I, <laughs> but here's what I do know. Each one of us has been created by the King of kings and Lord of lords for a divine purpose and plan, and you are highly favored. And so we can, we can respond like Mary did and, and be troubled by this greeting, or we can start to learn how to embrace it. And I would submit that we were given this story so that, yeah, we can hear about the Christmas story and all of that, but so that we can understand that we are highly favored. And I want you to wake up in the morning and go, I am highly favored, and not be bothered by that. And not even question that, but understand that's who I am to the King of Kings and to our Heavenly Father. Amen? I don't have enough time to go into all the scriptures, but man, there are scriptures after scriptures after scriptures that speak to this. I will bring out um, Ephesians 2, 8. For it is grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself, it is the gift of God. Now, if you look at that word grace, let me read you the definition. Properly, grace is preeminently used of the Lord's favor. Freely extended to give himself away to people because he is always leaning towards them. Amen. God is always leaning towards you, church. Always. It refers to God freely extending himself, his favor and his grace, reaching to people because he is disposed to bless or be near them. So once again, the character and nature of our Heavenly Father is to be near and bless and favor the ones that He created. 
Have you been created by God? Okay, guess what? You're highly favored. And his desire is to bless. Now, I would submit to you that because you are here, you want to be a disciple of Christ, and you actually want to be a blessing uh, because the Lord says, hey, love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love others as you love yourself. And so we receive the blessing that God wants to give to us, and then we want to extend that to others, but then sometimes we feel inadequate or sometimes we just don't do a very good job of that. Yes? Could it be that we don't do a good job of that because we are not walking in an understanding that we are favored? It's hard to give out what you don't have. And if you're not receiving a blessing from the Lord and the favor of God, it's really hard to give it out. And so church, I would simply submit this, that you need to come to an understanding. You need to have a little reckoning with the Holy Spirit right now. And if you are struggling with this, and if you are one of those people that when I say you are favored, you struggle with that instead of being able to embrace that, I want you to know that the Holy Spirit is speaking right now to you and trying to communicate, you are favored. Receive the blessing I have for you and understand until you do, you're not going to be real good at being able to give it out. Good? Okay. So here's what I'm going to do if you would be so bold. If you are in this room this morning, you're amongst family and friends. If you are in this room this morning and you are struggling with that. If you find yourself on the spectrum of being troubled by that statement when I say you are highly favored, rather than being able to embrace that wholly, if you struggle with that, would you be so bold to lift up your hand and we'd like to pray for you? Yep. 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 Thank you for your boldness. I think we all struggle with this from time to time. But I want you to know, God sees you as his son and daughter, and you are highly favored. It's one of the reasons that we have identity as one of our pillars, because we need to understand how he sees us. And he's proud to call you son and proud to call you daughter. Okay. Of all the people that did not lift their hands, I am asking one of you, to pray for these people that did raise their hands. Would somebody pray a prayer um, that the Holy Spirit would come in and, and reveal his favor to these that raised their hand? Somebody have that faith to pray that right now? Right here. Lord God, we just come to you and we say thank you for your lavish love poured out on us right now. I just pray for these people that have raised their hands. We just ask you to envelop them and may they just encounter your love in a greater measure and come to an understanding of how your love just overwhelms us and leads us in the favor that you have for us. In your precious name, amen. Thank you, Nicole. Appreciate that. Okay, sermon at number two, motivation of heart. Pick up Luke 1, verse 30. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. So just real quick, meant, forgot to mention this, but when uh, the angel saw that Mary was greatly troubled by his words, the thing that he focused on is that favor part. Mary, 
you have found favor with God. Don't be afraid. Don't be troubled by these things. You have found favor. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. I want to key in on, on Mary's responses once the angel began to tell Mary what was taking place. And what's very interesting is earlier in Luke, and I don't have time to go through all of the, the verses, but earlier in Luke, um, the angel appears to Zechariah and tells him that Elizabeth is going to have a baby and it's going to be John the Baptist, and he's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. And Zechariah has a very similar response to what the angel was telling him as Mary did when the angel was speaking to her. And so I wanted to look at those real quick. In Luke 1.18, Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man, and my wife is well along in years. In Luke 134, Mary's response was, how will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. And so I want to pass the mic around again, and I want to ask you this question. What is the difference between these two responses? We have very similar responses to the angel approaching these two individuals. Zachariah's response is, how can I be sure of this? Mary's response is, how will this be? Zechariah says, I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. Mary says, since I am a virgin. Both ask a question of how. Both kind of have an excuse of why it shouldn't be. What's the difference between these two responses? Because we know Zechariah is then touched by the angel. The angel actually kind of has a pretty, pretty stern response, touches Zechariah, and he goes mute for the entire time that his wife is pregnant. Doesn't get to speak again until he writes on a piece of paper, his name will be John. And then he was able to speak again. What's the difference between these two responses? Right here. There's a difference in the faith level there. Um, how can I be sure of this thing? Like, what's the assurance? Are you serious, God? Are you really going to do what you're saying you're going to do here? And then all the excuses for why it can't happen. I mean, it doesn't make sense. There's nothing in my mind that, makes, that can connect with this. My body's beyond. My wife's body is beyond. How the heck can this happen? And so not to go further than your question, but my gut feeling would be that, that the angel muted him to stop him from speaking against it, to stop the words <laughs> that would stop the faith. Um, how will Dang. this be? That's more of like, God, I don't get it. I, I don't know. I just, I hear a softer, a softer kind of response, a tenderness in there that's, um, okay, I'll embrace it. I don't get it. Hmm. How? What does this look like? Well, that's good. 
That's good. Right here, right here. Um, I would agree, and I What's feel... What's your name? Desiree. Sorry. My name is Desiree. And um, I hear a bit of pride in Zachariah's approach. Like a, this is, like, I know better. I'm old. My wife is old. So I don't know. I'm just hearing pride versus humility mm, in okay. Mary's approach. It's more of like a, but how? Like, just a, a curiosity. Like, she's still submitted to the concept of it, but it's like she's curious of it. So well, that's good. Okay. Pride versus humility. That's it's me again. Um, I'm actually Hi, doing a, a Bible study in Luke on Wednesdays. Um, and so uh, I think that I like how she says, how will this be? Like, she's not denying the fact that it's going to happen, but how is it, how is it going to happen to her? And to me, it sounds like Zachariah is denying the fact that it, it can happen at all. And she's just asking, how is this going to happen even though it's, I know it's going to? And like, that's mm. how I interpret it, I guess. And I agree with what Desiree said. I do think it's more inquisitive rather than like, not necessarily questioning God's authority, but just how. That's good. Hand the mic right behind you. Uh, I'm Andy. Um, on Zachariah, it was more like doubt. I mean, he's in the temple. The angel comes to him. He's in the temple. And he's like looking, you know, you're in a temple, the priest is doing something, and he's praying for something, and all of a sudden the angel's like, you're going to do this. He's like, huh? Right. <laughs> he's like, come on, I'm old. He's like, I'm old man. I'm, he's putting not pride, it's more doubt. He's like, come on, I'm, I'm past my prime. There's no way it's going to happen. And Mary's kind of like, uh, how can I just get pregnant with myself? <laughs> So there's a little bit of doubt on both sides from, from what I was thinking. It's like, well, how's God going to do it? But then you're like, well, God will just do it because he's God. That's good. Okay. Yeah. But uh, input online, uh, this person said, I think it was also a little bit insulting to God because Zechariah has the pride like, well, you haven't blessed me with a child this far, so why now? Ooh, well, that's really good. Yeah. Okay. I would just I would just add to like I, I maybe I just see things like this I work with teenagers a lot but I think that teenagers have a little bit more of a of a faith in believing that things are going to be because they have less life experience to know what what's logical and what's not and so since God's so not about the logical I think Mary was like, cool, this is happening. How? Because I think I know enough to know it doesn't necessarily make sense, but I believe you, you know, versus mm. Zechariah's like, I have too much life experience to believe you. That's good. Love it. Yeah, I'm going to get really, really nerdy here. What, what's your name? My name is Mark. Okay. Yeah, really nerdy. So the I am in 34 really isn't there. He, she says, um, I know not a man. Right, so the I am is not part of it. But in, the, in 18, this is, so, this is so amazing. So the I am right there is the Greek con two words, ego, a me. So a me is I am, but e ego is I. Hmm. So Zechariah is like, is saying, I, I am. Almost like emphatic, like you bolden the words on your computer or you italicize them or you underline them. Like, mm. I'm, <laughs> I'm old. How is this possible? But what's really cool is the angel's response. And I almost, I almost interpret or like conject into this that the angel kind of whispers to, to Zechariah because he says the same two words. Hey, 
I am Gabriel. Mm. I stand in the presence of God. Almost like, how dare you? <laughs> so Zacharias is this emphatic, um, almost prideful response to the angel. And the angel, like, gives it right back to him. Like, dude, you have no idea what is standing in front of you and who I get to, who I come from to, to speak to you. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I think everyone has said this. What's your name? Oh, sorry. My name is Peter. Hi guys. I'm Peter. Sorry about that. Um, so what's, what's funny one, Mark, you're brilliant. I love how your mind works like that. Um, so what's funny to me is that he says, how can I be sure of this? Verse Mary's just saying, how does it work? And so there's this level of like, I want to know the answer. Verse Mary's not really, she's just like, how is this, like, you're going to do this. Verse Zacharias is so about himself in this. Like, mm. he's so like, how can I be sure of this? And it's like, you don't need to. It's like, if I was, again, the angel is like, you don't need to. Like, stop. Why do you have to know the answer? Mm. Verse like, even... Mary's like, how's it going to happen? Like, it's going to happen how Zacharias is like, give me proof. Like, that's, the, yeah. that's what I see in the difference that's of the good. two. So, Love it. One more? Or, or two more? Okay, go ahead right here. Hello, okay. Hi, I'm Lorraine. Is it on? Okay, I'm Lorraine. Um, and I see Zachariah, I'm the same. Um, I see Zachariah is like, no, how how you how am I going to be sure of this? Like he's not really believing that you know it could happen. Where Mary is saying, "Okay, I'm I'm for this." So how are you going to make this work? That's, That's the difference that I see. That's good. Love it. Hi, I'm Courtney. I'm going to mix this up. I'm going to defend Zachariah a little bit here. Uh, <laughs> as somebody who is currently struggling with infertility quite greatly. Um, you, you got to give him a little slack here, right? Like it's been that many years, that many months of his wife not getting pregnant. Love it. Right. And so of course, like, and it, it screams, he just doesn't trust it. Like, why now? Why should I trust you now? You haven't supported this in the last how many years, right? Where Mary doesn't have anything to question because she hasn't had, she hasn't struggled with that before. She just truly doesn't understand how she would get pregnant. Right versus Zachariah, who's like, but why now? Like, how are, how fast could you also take this away from me? Right, um, which I think so we all good. know that loss. So that's what goes through my head. Dude, Courtney, thank you for defending Zachariah. <laughs> Sorry. He needed he needed a <laughs> somebody on his side for sure. Um, all right, I don't know if we'll fully understand um, what the difference is between the two until we stand before the Lord. I love these responses, and there are just some some great ones in this. I was studying out, and I just some I wonder if maybe it's found a little bit in Luke one, verse thirteen. But the angel said to him, "This is Zechariah. Do not be afraid. Your prayer has been heard." Zechariah had been praying for this. He and Elizabeth had been praying, and to Courtney's point, they had been praying for a long, long time. And I almost wonder if sometimes when we start to pray for things, it creates 
a, um, a, a hardness of heart to actually, when he responds, maybe there's a bit of skepticism in us that God hasn't answered this, so why would he answer it now? And maybe Zechariah came from a little bit of a point from, we've been praying for this for years and years and years, and, and now this is gonna happen to, Courtney, to your point. And so I, I wanna bring out a couple things real quick uh, in this little sermonette. First, if you've been praying for something from the Lord for a long, long time, keep your heart open to his response and his answer. Because I wonder if we miss sometimes when God finally answers and we miss it because we have let our heart get hardened. And the second thing is I want us all to check the motivation of our heart in everything that we do. This is something at this time last year, God was wrecking me with. I don't know if you remember that, but God was just challenging everything that I did and why I was doing things. And I wonder if we have two different people that have an angel present themselves to them and one has kind of a hardened, chiseled heart because he's been in ministry for a long, long time. Um, somebody said last night that he, his story is very similar to Abraham's and Sarah's, yeah? And so he should have known that this could happen because he was a priest. He knew these stories. And Mary was a teenage girl that was just like, uh, okay. So different positioning of hearts, different positioning of where we are when things come. And so I just simply want to ask this, what is the motivation of your heart? And do you allow the Holy Spirit to challenge you daily? Do you go before the Lord in everything that you are doing and do you allow him to speak to what's taking place and do you come to him with a pure open heart or have you grown skeptical? When you hear somebody tell an amazing thing that God is doing, do you question what's going on or do you go, oh man, tell me more, I wanna hear more about that. Because the older I get and the more I walk with the Lord and, and are in, I'm involved in church things and things that are going on. When I hear stories, I have to admit that for some reason I go to the skeptical side before I go into the belief side. Anybody? And Joshua, you taught about a month ago that we have to enter like a little child. And Mary was a child. And I don't think she had a skeptical heart. She just had a questioning heart. And I think Zachariah had a skeptical heart. Now, really? And so, if you're here and would be so bold, and you find yourself that you struggle having a skeptical heart, maybe you're not checking um, with the Lord in regards to your motivations of what you're doing, and you say, Pastor Dan, I would love to have prayer for you, would you lift up your hand? And I've got my hand up on this one. Lord, check my motive. Help me with this. Okay. Anybody in here have a prayer of faith? And I can't be the one my hand is up. Anybody have a prayer of faith for this? Over here. Lord, I just lift up to you um, all of our hearts, but especially these hands that went up about faith. And Lord, um, personally, you've just been teaching me so much about that. And so I just pray the heart of Galatians um, over these hands that have gone up. Mm -hmm. It is for freedom that you have been set free. Yeah. So why would you come under the law again? And I just pray 
that, Lord, I pray for those that have prayed for something for a long time and have felt like you're not going to answer and there's no way, or that you're going to give it and then you're going to take it away. And I just pray that no matter, like you are good, and no matter what you give and what you take away, it is always good. And so I just pray that over um, the hearts of skepticism, and I pray over the hearts that are... um, maybe just walking in really innocently, but don't quite understand the gravity of your goodness and why you've chosen them for something. And I just pray that you would give them eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to understand. Mm. And Jesus, I just pray that um, also just for family and friends um, that would come around and and speak like the friends of Job and would speak against um, how powerful and how great you are. I just pray that you would just embolden them to know that, um, Lord, you are you are that powerful, and mm. you you knock down walls with a horn like that's like how great you are. And I just pray that, um, Lord, you would just in your grace and in your mercy, you would just bring that back um, to just being highly favored. Uh, it's not by works alone that we earn our salvation. Mm. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. The third interaction that that I wanted to bring out that Mary had in response to the Father's invitation to come with him is in the Christmas story. I'm not going to read all of it. You can read it in Luke chapter 2. It's about the census and Joseph taking Mary and um, having to have Jesus in a manger, um, an angel coming to the shepherds, and I'm going to pick up the story in verse 13. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angels, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests, which is everyone. (laughs) When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds sent to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed. They were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary She treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. A little bit later, we pick up the story of Jesus when he was 12 years old. Um, Joseph and Mary had brought them to the place where uh, they did the sacrifices and those things, and they were going home from um, the event, and Joseph thought Jesus was with Mary, and Mary thought Jesus was with Joseph. He was at that awkward age where he wasn't quite yet a man to hang out with a man, but yet he could have been. So uh, we hear the story that they come together, and um, if, if you've ever had this happen, parents, um, Mary, you have Joseph? you have Jesus? No, Joseph, I thought he was with you. I don't have Jesus. Well, where's Jesus? I don't know. Anybody? <laughs> And the parent anxiety lifts up a little bit. (gasps) What just happened? And they lose Jesus. They have no idea where he is at. So what do they do? They They go back to where they were and they find Jesus in the temple. And as you can imagine, Mary, I'm assuming, was a little upset with this and was like, Jesus, what are you doing? What have you been doing? Why, why didn't you come with us? Where, what are you doing? And we'll pick up the story at the end of Luke, verse 49. 
Why were you searching for me? <laughs> Parents, how did, would that go over? <laughs> Your 12-year-old goes, why were you looking for me? Didn't you know I had to be, about my, or had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. Pass the microphone around again. Uh, what does it mean? So in both these stories, the angels speak over Jesus. The people were amazed, but Mary treasured and pondered these things. Jesus gets lost. I, I love the fact that uh, Jesus gets lost in church. He's at the temple. They lose him there. Um, but he responds, and Mary treasures these things in her heart. What does it mean for Mary to treasure and ponder these things? Tori, you are on fire this morning. Huh? Oh, you're like, we just did this study. I love it. Um, I, as a mother, I think, um, I think she's just taking in the fact that she knows who Jesus is. She knows that he's the son of God. And she's taking all these things and she's just like, oh, this is my son. Because if somebody were to come to me and tell me these wonderful, amazing things about my son, I would probably feel the same way. I just, oh, like, that's my baby. And, and just feel so full of that. And because I have things that I think about him that I just hold so dear to myself. Love and, it. Um, but yeah, I think that, that's what I think. I don't know. That's good. Yeah. Um, my name's Amy again. <laughs> um, the, the thing that I was wondering about is the word ponder. I don't know the difference between the word in the Greek. Last week, DJ talked about pondering being not a quiet, like it was a conversation loud and angry. And was that what she was doing or was she just kind of good question thinking about it? <laughs> I'm glad you asked that. I'll talk about it in just a minute. Um, I've been, I've been studying this story this month, and God's been really impressing on me to look at the prophecies of Jesus in the Old Testament. Like, they started in, in Genesis, you know, and, and the, he was actually born where Rebecca, or, yeah, Rebecca, or Rachel, Rachel, yeah, I can't, was, was, had, had birthed Benjamin, and then she died. And anyway, it's, it's a, anyway, it's long but I'm like, and uh, there's so many things in this story that point to who Jesus is, you know? And so I think that's what Mary was pondering. She's like, it's not like, it's like being, oh, she was caught up in the awe, the that's awe good. and the beauty of like, she goes, this is actually happening to me. That's good. My story is his story. And so that's what I think. That's really good. Okay. Um, I was thinking about this earlier. My name is Desiree. When you were talking about like women versus men being impregnated, um, <laughs> we are all able, though, through the Holy Spirit to to be um, for seed to come into us. Like the Lord calls us to be fruitful and multiply, whatever it is, whether it be a church or I mean, who knows what the Lord and I think He does that in men and women. Like He pl places um, things in us through faith for us to be fruitful and multiply. And when we receive that, he can do that. And so I was just thinking about any of us, like even for you guys, I can imagine 
from the start of the concept of shine to watch it grow and and the Lord do mm. things through it, you know, and so many things like a business. I think of like a business that was placed in my heart and the, and then to watch it come through its seasons and the ups and downs and and then obviously with us with children watching your child grow and these things like the Lord speaks to us about these things and then for it to be you watching it happen. I mean, I know in my life, it's like you do step away and ponder on them like, wow, this is crazy to actually see in the natural these things that were spoken in the spirit and see them play out in the natural. And you do, you, I know for me, I do sit back and ponder on how amazing it is to see the Lord awesome. do that. So it's good. We'll go Daniel one more and I'll jump into the point. I just feel conviction over this particular one. Um, the word treasure there, uh, at least in the first instance, is this the first? Yeah, the first instance. To protect, to defend, to treasure, uh, to preserve in memory, to be preserved, to be protected, to be treasured up. Okay, so when I think of the, the God encounters that I've had in different situations and words that God has given me, different kinds of promises or different kinds of things that those moments where he's reached down and touched, do I treasure them? Do I protect? Do I defend? Do I call them back to memory? Do I push forward in that and put faith behind God said this, it's going to happen? So Just good. conviction there. Good. Thank you. I love that. So um, treasure in the Greek, he just gave it to us. We preserve things. We keep, keep safe. We keep it in mind. We keep it close. So this is what Mary was doing. Um, ponder to your question, Amy. Uh, DJ did such an incredible job last week in the fact that Joseph pondered the fact that his, he hadn't heard yet from the angel what was going on. So he was pondering Mary being pregnant and it wasn't him and she was saying an angel. And I love the fact that DJ brought out because if you think that he pondered like, oh, I, my wife to be is pregnant and it's not mine. I'm, I wonder what that means and how great, you know, DJ brought that out. That word for Joseph, it means heated, passion-driven uh, emotion that in incites rage or expresses anger. So DJ was up here, if you remember, kicking things. and uh, Yeah, Joseph should be that way, right? This is where our English language doesn't do a real good job of translating the Greek. And this is why I go to Bible Hub and look up the Greek word. Because if you take what DJ taught us last week and the uh, shepherds come, speak these words that amaze people, and Mary ponders them, it's not like she was like, well, that's the stupidest word I've ever heard, Lord. And I mean, that is not what he, she was doing. It's a completely different Greek word that we translated ponder. And so if you think they're the same, we make a mistake. It's like love, right? You've got intimate love. You've got brotherly love. We, we translate it love, but there's agape and phileo and eros. Um, this is a different word, and it means this, to throw together to discuss, to consider, and to meet with. And so here's my question to you, and I believe that the Lord wants us to, to pull this in, and to Daniel's point, I hope it's convicting, and that is this. No matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, 
Are you checking in with the Lord and are you discussing these things with him? Are you meeting with him regarding these things? And are you bringing them close into you and keeping them in mind? And are you giving God the benefit of the doubt that he's at work in all things, yes? And so therefore, no matter if it's a good thing or if it's a difficult thing that you have to face, are you taking that in and are you treasuring it and pondering on it? Meaning, are you keeping these things close and bringing them to the Lord on a daily basis? And I think Mary responded to the invitation to come with the Father by continuing treasuring and pondering, talking and holding what the Lord told him or told her, talking to him, holding it near, talking, keeping it close, even when she lost her 12-year-old son. I can imagine the anxiety and the angst that she had, and yet she treasured it, and she talked to God about it. So real quick, how many of you would say, I need to do a better job of bringing God into every situation in my life and to acknowledge him? Would you lift up your hand? Yeah. Heavenly Father, I pray for the people who have their hands up right now. And God, I pray that you would help us to treasure and to ponder the things that take place in our life. And God, um, I pray that we would not be quick to dismiss them and, and not reflect on the fact that you use all things for your glory. And so, Lord, we ask that you would help us to truly treasure the good things that happen in our lives, but even the bad things. God, I pray that we would treasure those things and ponder, discuss them with you and keep them nearer to our heart because you are faithful and true to be good. And we thank you for these things in your name. Amen. All right, two more, and these will go really quick. Um, I'm going to pick the two references that John had of Mary. I'm going to pick the first one, John 2, verses 1 through 8. On the third day, a wedding took place in Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has yet to come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever, okay, do you guys see that Mary completely ignores Jesus here? Um, I think the only person that has the right, I guess, is his mom to ignore him. Um, <laughs> his mother says to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to his servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw out and take it to the master of the banquet. Okay, just real quick. I felt like the Lord wanted me to communicate that moms in this room, you have the power to pull out of your kids things that no one else has the power to do. Amen. We have a story here where Jesus um, is just going to a wedding, and they run out of wine. Mary brings Jesus into it, and he's like, woman, why are you involving me? I, it's not my time to yet do these things. And she ignores him and says, do whatever he tells you to do. And what is his response? All right, go get these jars, fill them with water. By the way, I've done the math. He made somewhere between 600 to 900 750 milliliter bottles of wine. That's a lot of wine. All right. Moms, even though you don't see you don't see things coming to fruition, I want to encourage you this morning. 
you have the ability to pull out of your kids and your husband and your other family members, you have the ability to pull things out of people that, that only moms have. And I want to encourage you with that. I'm not saying thus saith the Lord, but here we have Jesus who hasn't started his ministry yet. And I almost wonder if he was going, well, I don't know when to start. I don't know when to start. And his mom was like, it's time now. And Jesus was like, okay, mom said it, so I'm going to do it. And I know Jesus only did what the father told him to do, but Mary told him to do it, and he was like, okay, I'll do it. So maybe Mary was connected to the father in the come with me response. All I know is that moms, you have a great authority and a great power, and we want to pray for you this morning. So does somebody have a prayer to pray over moms, um, just to encourage them to pull things out of their kids right here? Father, I thank you so much for the mothers in this room and the mothers across the world. Lord, who you have anointed uh, to raise up children for you and your glory, uh, to accomplish what you have uh, purposed them to accomplish, and to mm. be who you've created them to be, conformed into the image of your son. So, Father, I pray over the mothers, Lord, that they would not grow discouraged, uh, that they would be uh, emboldened and, and filled with courage right now, with strength, and with that kind of conviction like Mary mm. uh, that intercedes uh, for their children and, and pulls on the mercy heart of God, pulls on the, on the provision heart of God, that even when it's not the right timing, God's mercy bends down and gets things done. Um, God, I, I thank you so much for Mary's example here, and I pray that over our mothers, just for a great courage and strength and boldness and faith, that you are who you say you are, mm. and, uh, and you're going to accomplish what you promise, uh, even, even if it's not uh, your ordained time in one sense. Um, that you listen to their hearts. Would they know that you hear their hearts, Lord? In Jesus' name, amen. Dad's in here. Um, I want to just simply quickly encourage you. Um, I believe our wives have been given that wiring from the Lord to have that discernment. Um, I think I can prove this by simply saying, um, I, you know, do you think of men or women when you hear the word intuition? Okay. Women. I don't think I've ever heard a man say, oh, I did it by my man's intuition. I <laughs> never heard that. Um, and so men, um, I encourage you, listen to your wife and that intuition, because I think there's a protection, uh, protective nature. I think there's a calling out, a calling things that have yet to be seen. Um, and if you partner with that as husband and father, um, great power, I believe, can, can happen in those relationships. Um, last one. John 19, Jesus has been crucified. He's on the cross. This is one of the last few things that he says. As a matter of fact, um, if, I'm, if I believe I'm correct, but it's right before he says it is finished and he dies. Um, verse 25, near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there, and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, now just to make sure you understand, the disciple whom he loved is John. And we've joked about this. John self-proclaims that I was the disciple Jesus loved. He understood the favor piece, I think. Um, and so he is referring to himself there. When he saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, woman, here is your son. And to the disciple... 
here is your mother. From that time on, the disciple took her into his home. Church, this is strange to me because Mary had at least two more sons and daughters. We read in Mark that Jesus, um, his brothers and sisters, is this, is this not the man that um, is the son to Joseph and to Mary? And we know his brothers and sisters. So Mary had other kids, and yet she lived with John. Strange? Interesting to me. And I felt like the Holy Spirit wanted me to communicate this. I think that in the church, in the family of God, and I think this is the heart of our Lord, we are to have fathers and mothers in our lives to mentor us. And we are to be fathers and mothers to others and mentor them. I think the church has gotten away in a large part from cross-generational things. And I think we need to get back to those things. I know it's super comfortable to have house churches or small groups with people that are in the same demographic and the same age group and all of those things, but are we missing out on something when we don't involve other generations in those meetings? And so I want to challenge you, and I want to speak these things to you, and, and hopefully they're convicting and from the Holy Spirit. I don't want anybody to be condemned or, or feel guilty about anything, but the sweet conviction of the Holy Spirit, may it come to you in the fact that if you don't have a mentor or a father or mother in your life that you can spiritually get information from and grow from, ask the Holy Spirit to bring somebody into your life. And if you don't have somebody that is someone you can pour into, a son or a daughter, that you can take what you've learned and give into them, we are missing an element of what I believe Jesus was trying to set up here. I can't say this again. I'm not saying thus saith the Lord, but this is the John that wrote, obviously, the Gospel of John, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, I believe, Revelations. This is the John that spoke in 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. This is what love is. This is how they'll know. The love is based on the love you have for one another. That's how they'll know God. God is love. This is that John, and I wonder if a lot of that came from hanging out with mom and hearing from her who her son was and how he was raised and those kind of things. And John then said, okay, man, this is incredible. I'm going to write about who he was because what I've learned from Mary. Again, I'm not saying thus saith the Lord. I'm making some huge assumptions there. I totally get it. But I do know this. When we have cross-generational relationships where we have somebody that's mentoring us and when we're pouring out to somebody else, I think that fulfills the purpose in the kingdom of God. So I want to encourage you um, and let the Holy Spirit speak to you in those areas. Um, and I believe that we are given that dialogue. Again, John refers to Mary twice and this is one of them. And I think there's an importance to that. And I think we need to take a great seriousness to this. And I think we need to be proactive about having these relationships. And so I just challenge you with that. 
And I ask that the Lord would speak to you about that. Let him speak in regards to that. So Heavenly Father, we come to you, God. And I pray for every person here, and I pray that you would help them to embrace the idea that we need mentorship in our lives. You say that it is, it is good to get wisdom. It is so good that wisdom is um, the beginning of the fear of the Lord, that wisdom is uh, really the lifeblood to, to our walk and our relationship with you, and that we're not supposed to hold that wisdom to ourselves, but we are to give it out to others. And so, Lord, I pray that you would challenge us in this area. And if there is... Um, if there is anybody listening to me right now that doesn't have somebody that is a mentor to them, that they would seek that out and you would bring someone into their life to fulfill that. And Lord, if there is someone that is not um, someone that they could pour into, God, again, I pray you would bring that person into their life and that we would all be obedient to seek that out and take the time to pour into somebody um, the things you've shown us so that they can grow in their relationship with you. So, Lord, we thank you for these things in your name. Amen.